Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. We're going to continue our Know Thyself series. Today's topic is genetic memory. What is genetic memory? Now, genetic memory is the mental recollections that are encoded in the genes which are passed on to individuals making them predisposed to specific thoughts, mental patterns, or state of mind. Now, some people may have these memories as dreams, visions, or intrusive thoughts. Some individuals' mental states are disrupted or disturbed because of these memories that they cannot explain, nor do they fully understand their source. In some cases, the memories don't manifest visually, but manifest as feelings. Usually these memories are triggered by a scent, a sound, or seeing a person or having an experience. Now, once the memory is triggered, these memories are brought to conscious awareness. Other times, these memories are subconsciously or unconsciously affecting or influencing the conscious mind without the person's awareness predisposing them to think or behave in a particular way. Now, some people may even experience a dual reality by consciously being in the present, but simultaneously, subconsciously living in the past. Now, the past is superimposed on the present without conscious awareness. Now, when parents experience trauma through crisis, such as a violent encounter, rape, abuse, oppression, exploitation, pain, fear, or depression. Now, these emotional reactions that accompany this state can create an emotional template which can be encoded in the genes and DNA to be passed on to their future children. Now, this can be seen when a child acquires a negative emotional disposition, like the child is extremely shy, very angry, they're aggressive, they're demanding, bossy, fearful, controlling, greedy, mean. And these children are displaying these emotions for no apparent reason, and an explanation cannot be found in the environment to justify the child's emotional reaction. Now, parents start to wonder, Why is this child this way? What's causing this child to be that way? So basically, because of the research that's been done by scientists, they're beginning to understand how information is passed on from parent to child through the genes. And these informations are called genetic memory. So if a parent was very upset, okay, angry all the time, especially the pregnant woman, now they're beginning to see that those emotional reactions can be encoded in the gene and passed on to their children as genetic memory, okay? Genetic memory. So the child is telling you certain things that they didn't learn, or the child is displaying certain behaviors that they didn't learn. The child has special talents and gifts that they didn't learn. 
Okay, nobody taught them. The child has special awareness of certain things or understanding of things that nobody taught them. So most likely, if that child wasn't exposed to so this information, most likely it is an innate knowledge. It is something that's being passed on to them from their parents, from their ancestors, from all the people who lived previously. And those genes have been passed on from generation to generation. And the genes are encoded with memories. And they call them genetic memories. Okay, now scientists has confirmed that traumatic experiences are passed on to the next generation through DNA. Now Sarah Napton in her science article, DNA carries traces of past events, meaning poor lifestyles can affect few generations, written on June the 4th, 2015 states, although the same genes are passed down through generations, Scientists now know that our DNA is being altered all the time by environment, lifestyle, and traumatic experiences. It is thought that these changes drive diseases, premature aging, and early death. However, it was believed that these faults could not be passed on to future generations, with the slate essentially being wiped clean. But now scientists at the University of Cambridge have found that in some areas of DNA, including those linked to mental illness, obesity, some of the faults remain. In fact, around 5% of our genetic code carries traces of past events, meaning trauma, poor diet or poor lifestyle choices may be leaving a devastating legacy for children and grandchildren. Quote, the article went on to say between week two and nine of an embryo's development, the genetic code is being rewritten to erase genetic altercations from the parents. However, the researchers found that the process does not clear all all the genetic altercations from the parent. However, the research found that the process does not clear all the changes. Again, it does not clear all the changes. Based on this research and other scientific evidence, we can conclude that at least 5% of all traumatic experiences, okay, are genetically passed down to future generations through DNA. Now, past trauma in conjunction with present trauma inflicted by the system of oppression that keeps poor people or disenfranchised people down, they keep them in a perpetual state of dysfunction or insanity, okay? This mental slavery is fueled by genetic bondage, which is being overlooked. So in other words, people who are traumatized, okay, whether they're being oppressed, they're being discriminated against, they're being raped, they're being violently abused, they're being incarcerated or imprisoned, all right? Any type of trauma that's experienced by parents can be passed on to their children. So based on this article, they said that 5% of the trauma is passed on. Now, 5% is a lot, 
Okay, so if you have a group of people that's passing at least 5% of their traumatic experience because these people are the ones who've been abused and oppressed and suppressed. Now, if these people are passing on their trauma in their genes, so their children are being born with a disadvantage. Their children are being born with pre-existing conditions. Okay, they are being inflicted by their parents previous traumas and they're inheriting their parents mental and emotional loads or mental emotional disorders so genetic memory is something that we really really need to stop and think about all right sometimes we see a child coming to the world and they have all kind of problems and all kind of issues and you know sometimes we think that hey you know where did this come from where did this come from did this child inherit these problems is it something that's part of their personality is it something that's innate something that's that's something that they inherited from somebody and nine times out of ten we could say yes all right people can inherit character flaws or character defect all right anytime a person's parents have been exposed to trauma suffering pain oppression discrimination they can definitely inherit a lot of that trauma all right so before they even enter the world okay they are being past traumas that they don't know or won't know what's inflicting them what's affecting them they won't even know how to act so it's very important that we understand that these traumatic experiences have to be dealt with all right is in knowing yourself you have to know what your previous generation went through okay if your if your parents were enslaved if they were oppressed if they were in prison or incarcerated if they were victims of human trafficking if they were victims of incest or sexual abuse you have to understand that history because those genetic memories could be passed on to you and you will experience certain emotional reactions or you would you know experience some type of mental emotional disturbance and you won't even know what's affecting you you won't have any idea that you are carrying your ancestors burden okay yes our genes are white but based on scientists there's a 5% of the trauma that's passed on again a 5% that's a large percent it may not seem that way but it is if you inheriting pain and suffering and depression and mental illness and insecurities i mean that's a lot of burden to carry so you come into the world already at a disadvantage because you're being affected by these things and you really don't know what's bothering you all right you really don't know where did you get all this stuff from but if you know thyself okay knowing yourself is knowing where you come from knowing the root of your family you have to do an ancestral search to find out where did your family come from and what type of legacy did they go through and what type of legacy did they pass on and whatever it is that they're passing on is through genetic memory okay so you can carry the traits of a great 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 grandparent or great 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 grand you know a, a cousin or someone that lived hundreds of years ago 
So it's very important that we study our family roots, our family tree, to find out if there's any type of emotional problems, mental problems. Did they experience any type of trauma? And once we find out, then we as individuals need to start healing that because we can change our DNA. Okay. Once we change our mindset, we change our environment, we start eating certain type of foods, we start practicing a healthier lifestyle, we get uh, counseling or therapy to address the problems. Definitely by doing all of that, we're going to change our brain's chemistry. We're going to change our DNA and we can go ahead on and change our destiny. So genetic memory is very important. It is very important that we understand what we inherit, okay? Get to know your mother, get to know your father, get to know your grandparents, get to know your aunts and your uncles and find out what's going on in your family tree so you could address these issues before you conceive a child, before you even get pregnant or get someone pregnant, okay? Because you inherit DNA from your father and you inherit DNA from your mother, all right? So it's very important that you understand both sides of your family tree, both sides of your family history, so you won't repeat that cycle of abuse and cycle of dysfunction or cycle of just being insane, all right? When I say insanity, it don't necessarily mean that you have a mental health disorder. Insane could be that you're totally dysfunctional, totally, you know, you're antisocial or you're self-destructive or you're suffering from depression or suicide, all right? It doesn't mean that you're, you have a psychosis and you're totally out of touch with reality. You don't have to be schizophrenic. We're not talking about that. You could be functional and still be crazy. All right. So we really have to see. Now, on the other side, on the other flip side of genetic memory, it's not always bad. OK, we could also inherit some good memories. Okay. You can inherit some great qualities and talents and abilities. You have people who've never been exposed to musical instruments and they innately, okay, naturally know how to play musical instruments. You have people who are natural born singers. They've never been taught how to sing and they're very good singers. They've never been taught how to play a particular sport and they're very good athletes. So genetic memory is not all bad. You know, the same way you could, you know, inherit trauma through genetic memory. You could inherit mental health issues through genetic memory. You could also inherit talents and gifts and abilities and intelligence. Okay, some people, the whole family, they're geniuses. Okay, they're very smart. They're very intelligent. They're very articulate, very confident, or they're very successful. And people can inherit those things as well. So it's not that you're being given all the bad stuff, but you could also inherit the good stuff. So it's very important that we study our family tree to find out what are the good qualities, what are the good traits that we have genetically, and what are the bad traits. Okay, again, we can definitely change our genetic disposition. If we inherit trauma, it doesn't mean that we have to allow that trauma to manifest. We could get the healing and the therapy and the help that we need, and we could end that cycle, and we could erase that trauma from our genes so we don't have to pass it on to our children. Now, if you inherited some wonderful qualities and some wonderful traits, you need to explore that because if your mom is a wonderful singer, maybe you can be as well. Maybe you need to, you know, explore that gift because you may have that gift within yourself. If your dad is a brilliant mathematician, 
or a great scientist, there's a possibility that you may be, if your great grandfather was an excellent writer, okay, if someone in your family was an excellent dancer, all right, they're very creative, you know, they invented a lot of things, you need to look within yourself to see if you also have that ability, because you may just have that ability. So genetic memory is not inheriting bad stuff. Genetic memory is also inheriting good stuff. Now, you might as well say, as I stated earlier, that with genetic memory, it's like you living a dual reality, okay? You're in the present, in the moment, but you inherited things from the past and you're experiencing your ancestors' past because you actually are experiencing certain emotions, all right? Something that happened long time ago. So it's as if the past is being superimposed on the present. You're having this memory that you did not live, that you did not experience. And some people can have like a deja vu experience. Deja vu is a feeling that something happened already, that you've experienced something that you don't remember where you experienced it, but you just have the faint memory of experiencing it. Okay, so that could be genetic memory, genetic memory. That's what you're experiencing. All right. So now the same way that you experience genetic memory, you could also experience other things. So let's go into the spiritual attachments. All right. Because some people may not believe in the spiritual world. They may not believe that there are other entities or life forms that coexist with us, especially in the spiritual realm. But others do believe that because they personally have experienced it. So whether you believe it or not, that's just a whole nother story. But, you know, take into consideration there are spiritual or energetic attachments. And some of those spiritual energetic attachments can also alter your genes or your DNA and to create a particular experience. All right. So it's not just genetic memory from your ancestors, from your parents, from, you know, the people that lived before you that's being passed on in your genes. You can also have spiritual attachments. All right. There are certain vibratory energies or frequencies that can also attach themselves to your genes and your DNA. Right. So if you're having certain spiritual experiences, those experiences can also be passed on to your children. Or if your parents were psychics and they had, you know, all type of psychic abilities, you know, they were clairvoyant and they have, you know, telekinesis and, you know, they can move things. You mean, you could also inherit those abilities, those spiritual abilities. And if they had spiritual attachments, those spiritual attachments can also connect to the genes or the DNA. Okay. Now, whenever an individual engages in certain activities, a specific energy or karma is associated with it. Now, this energy is harbored within the mind, body, and soul, which can be passed on genetically from the old to the new, from the past to the present. People generally refer to this phenomenon as generational curses. Okay, if family seems to be experiencing the same dysfunctional behavior, abnormality, or insanity over repeatedly from one generation to the next, now there seems to be a spiritual predisposition captivating or possessing individual family members and leading to a destructive pattern or lifestyle. In some cases, this curse, so to speak, started early 
on, you know? It could have started at conception, in the early stages of conception. Now, the mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical state of both parents, okay, circumstances of their union and their intentions can predispose their preconceived or unborn child to genetic altercations. Very important that we understand that. So before you get pregnant, okay, as a woman, and before you get a woman pregnant as a man, now, you know, your physical state, your emotional state at that time of conception, all right, the circumstances of your union, how you got together, and your intention, what are you doing when you're together? Are you getting together because you love each other? Are you together because you're just having fun? You're just having recreational, casual sex with no commitment and no connection? You know, I mean, was it a rape? Was it uh, you're, the person was a victim of incest or a person was a prostitute? You know, so those circumstances and those intentions, all of those create an energetic print. And those things, energetic prints that you created with your intention and those actions and those state of mind and being can also now attach themselves to this child, okay, that is going to be conceived, all right? It's very important that we understand that. So if you plan on conceiving a child, okay, you have to make sure that you don't have any spirit, negative spiritual attachments to you or you don't have negative karma, all right? You have to make sure that you're getting with this person with good intent and you are healthy, mind, body, and soul. Because if you are experiencing some present trauma or some type of negative energy or you have some type of negative spiritual attachment or, you know, any type of disturbance, all right, you can literally pass those things down through your genes to your unborn child. So in knowing ourselves, we have to know what we're experiencing at the moment. We have to be very in tune, okay, to our present reality. We have to be in tune to our mental state, to our emotional state, to our physical state, and be aware of our circumstances, of what's going on around us, so we don't pass those things on to our unborn child, to a child that haven't even been conceived yet. The state of your body, okay, you will harness that energy, negative energy in your body, and you could literally pass that energy to your child through the DNA. All right. Now, other times, someone within the family took the first initiative to bring about the curse by verbally speaking into existence or spiritually manipulating it into reality through ritual magic. In other words, you have a lot of people who are into the cult, who are into satanic practices, people who are into devil worshiping or, you know, they're doing sorcery or, or magic. All right. These people, once they engage in those things, they're negative. So they can create negative attachments or negative spiritual attachments. And once they start that, now those attachments can embed themselves, spiritual attachment, energetic attachments, they can embed themselves in the DNA. And now it's being passed on from generation to generation, from family to family. All right. Now, in other cases, someone outside the family can deliberately create the social landscape to shape the destiny 
of a person, putting them on the path of being cursed. Okay, so in other words, you have an experience that is going on, all right, a social setting, an environment. Someone can actually create that environment, put that person in the environment, and because they're in that environment and they're experiencing trauma, they're experiencing pain, discomfort, a dis-ease state of mind, you know, that can create a curse. And that spiritual or energetic attachment keeps being passed on from generation to generation. So an individual is not seeking that, but because they're placed in that environment through circumstances or somebody deliberately do that, they can create sort of like a generational curse because that energetic or spiritual attachment is being passed on from generation to generation. Okay, so because of that, it's easy to see and understand how the present negative state of some people, all right, it's not it's not a random act of chance or accidental event, all right? So when you see a person suffering from some type of dilemma or confusion or problem, this is not some random act of chance or accident. This is something that's been set in motion by someone else. If a person is put in a situation, like a person is put in a state of poverty, okay? Because of that poverty, you know, everyone or most people who are reared in that poverty environment, all right, they can have an energetic, a negative energetic or spiritual attachment uh, because of poverty. And so these people, you know, they just are poor from generation to generation. It's not because they want to be, but because they have the predisposition that energetic template is being passed on to them and until one of them recognize that they do have this thing in their DNA that they need to break it in order for them to you know release their future generation from that cycle of poverty okay now it is a systemic coordinated and institutionalized conspiracy to permanently destroy a group of people you know, or race through genetic warfare. So someone can conduct genetic warfare against someone simply by putting them in an environment where they're stuck and they're being abused, they're being controlled, they're being oppressed, and they can't get out, okay? Now, genetic warfare is because they're not just physically affecting this person's mind or they're physically affecting this person's body, you know? They literally are affecting this person's DNA, All right. So that DNA is being transmitted. Okay. Genetic memory is being transmitted, transferred from generation to generation. So that could be considered a form of genetic warfare because you're pretty much setting up a a system or institution that repeatedly puts someone in a bad situation. And by that person being in that bad situation, whether it be poverty, whether it be oppression, whether it be racism, whether it be sexism, whether it be, you know, any type of genocidal, you know, conspiracy that you have against these people, once they find themselves in that cycle, they can't get out and their children are being hurt by it. And it's being passed on genetically because that trauma becomes an imprint. All right. So it's very important that we understand when people are are being set up to experience something bad, it is passed on genetic and is genetically hurting them. So we could consider that a form of genetic warfare. Okay. Now, so a lot of these people who find themselves in these bad situations, you know, they tend to tell these people you're genetically inferior. 
You know, they, they, they lead these people to believe that they're genetically inferior and that it's their fault. They're to blame for being born this way. But in actuality, they're not to blame for being born this way because somebody actually set them up, okay, through the institutions that are set up, all right, to the barriers that are set up, you know, preventing them from getting access, you know, to a better lifestyle or a better environment. So in actuality, these people are being you know, uh, set up to repeat a cycle of depression, oppression, and, you know, just inferiority. Okay. So we have pseudoscience. They're pretty much kind of deceive people into believing that their genes and DNA are permanently fixed and cannot be changed once they're born. Again, we have pseudoscience, you know, that means that it's not based on scientific knowledge you know people are making this thing up they say hey once you're born with these genes all right they are permanently yours and you cannot change them okay so a person that is born into poverty that's experiencing generation intergenerational poverty they're telling you that hey you cannot change this thing is a cycle you know you cannot reverse it that's a lie that's a lie someone has to take the initiative stand up and say you know what I don't want to experience this anymore. And they're setting up, you know, treatment. They're setting up counseling. They're setting up, you know, uh, changing their environment, changing their lifestyle to kind of alter that DNA, to change that energetic or spiritual imprint that keeps them trapped in that cycle of poverty. All right. It's very important that we understand these things can change. Now, it has been proven by scientific research that gene DNA can be changed by numerous means. The human willpower, yes, the human willpower can change. If you will, if you desire to change, that is the first step. But in order for you to will, desire, change, you have to know there's a problem. You have to know that this is not okay for you to be in an intergenerational cycle of poverty. You have to know it's not okay to be in an intergenerational cycle of racism. You have to know that it's not okay for you to be in an intergenerational cycle of being incarcerated or an intergenerational cycle of drug and alcohol abuse or an intergenerational cycle of domestic violence, an intergenerational cycle of illiteracy. All right, so you have to acknowledge that something is wrong. So someone in the family has to say, wait a minute, something is wrong. And we need to find out the source of this thing and we need to cut it. Now, if you create a loving and, and loving and supportive environment, that can also change your DNA. All right. And um, if you elevate your mental state, okay, you totally transform your mind. Okay, the power of your mind. If you transform your mind, you can definitely be able to transform your DNA and your genes. And of course, you could do that through spiritual practices. If you adopt certain spiritual practices, you can help elevate your mind to the next level and get rid of all the negative programming. Now, proper nutrition. Proper nutrition is very important. It can help rebalance the body and help the body heal and to enable the mind to be stronger and more focused. Now, changing your environment, environmental changes, anything that you do to better yourself, you can alter your DNA. So it is not impossible 
okay, for some people to change themselves on a genetic level to counter the negativity they inherited from exposure to negative things. Now, a lot of hard work and effort have to be put forward to get the ball rolling in the right direction. It is not easy. It is not easy at all for you to change. All right. There's a lot of things that come to stop you from engaging in activities that can promote change. But we must change. We must change. If we want to alter our DNA, we have to change. And the first battle to change is dealing with the mental environment. The mental environment. Okay, we have to be able to change the way we think. All right, the mental environment is the condition or state of mind. The mental environment is the condition or state of mind that you have. All right, the mind is a ground where foundations are laid to produce reality. The mind can be conditioned by social institutions, education, religion, culture, home environment, physical surroundings, human relationship, all right, social media, and personal experience, all right, the culture you live in, your physical surroundings, your home environment, all those things shape your mind, all right, the information given, process received and absorbed goes into shaping the mental terrain of your mind to create an environment which is conducive to the growth of specific belief systems. Information which is subconsciously processed is used to make decisions or choices. But if not filtered by the conscious mind, okay, and can't be resisted or deleted. All right, information which is subconsciously processed is used to make decisions or choices, but it's not filtered by the conscious mind and it can't be resisted or deleted. So subconscious processing is not a conscious choice. This is something that you're not even aware is happening. You know, you cannot consciously process subconscious things. All right, it's beyond your control. You can't resist it or you can't delete it. Everything in your environment is entering your subconscious mind. You're being affected and influenced by everything in your environment, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. Most decisions are made in the unconscious mind and are implemented by the conscious mind. Say it again. Most decisions are made in the unconscious mind and are implemented by the conscious mind. All the information gathered by the mind is used to create the mental environment. So if the mind is constantly fed negative responses, negative stimulus and influences, and negative reality, it will develop a negative mental environment. It's very simple. You are what you feed yourself. Like the old saying goes, you are what you eat. Well, you will think whatever you put into your mind. Information is constantly being transmitted to the mind through subliminal messages, satellites, advertisement, music, literature, books, culture, practices, or religious beliefs. Now, unfortunately, it is difficult, all right? It is very difficult to escape, all right? Because this society is perpetually, perpetually conditioning your mind with negativity, 
It's very hard for you to block out negativity. It's very difficult because you're constantly being bombarded 24 hours a day, okay, with negative behavior, all right? The movies, we're watching movies that are filled with violence, filled with degeneracy, movies that are filled with perversion and corruption, you know, immorality. So you're feeding your mind this filth. So it's very hard for you to kind of keep your mind clean and clear and focus on positivity if you're feeding your mind negativity all the time. Okay, the music that we're listening to, if you're listening to music that's full of violence and sexual perversion and morality and, you know, just things that just disturbing and upsetting, you're feeding your mind negativity. Okay, you're feeding your mind negativity. You're programming your mind. If you're constantly looking at magazines and you're constantly reading books that are full of violence and hatred and fear and negativity, guess what? You're creating that negative environment in your mind. You're feeding the negativity, all right? If you're constantly on social media and you're watching videos or you, you know, you're reading posts and articles that are constantly talking about violence and pain and hate and fear and sickness and death, if you're constantly feeding your mind that, you know, you're going to create a poisonous mindset. So it's very important that we understand that, you know, by us feeding our minds all this negativity, we're being programmed to accept deviant behavior, destructive behavior, okay? We're being socialized, you know, to accept these things as normal, Okay, we're being desensitized to negativity through repeated exposure to bad, evil, destructive and corrupted environmental factors. You know what I'm saying? You know, if we're around negative people all the time, if we're surrounded by negative people, people who are pessimistic, people people who, you know, just think the worst of everything, people who are full of hate, people who are afraid and excessive worry, people who are narcissistic, people who are psychopaths, antisocials. So if we're constantly surrounding ourselves with these people, we're feeding our minds the negativity. Okay? So we're not giving ourselves an alternative, you know, to choose positivity because negative options are always available. While positivity is limited or restricted, leaving us to choose between the lesser of the two evils. All right, for example, killing to survive, stealing to eat, lying to succeed, bullying to be safe or protect self. Good and healthy behavior or choice is made into a weakness while wickedness is glorified. Okay, again, good and healthy behavior or choice is made into a weakness while weakness is, wickedness is glorified. Evil is presented as attractive or cool while exploitation, pimping, hustling, and getting over becomes a way of life. Okay, that develops a predatorial, okay, a predator's mindset, okay, and it promotes negativity. Okay, it promotes negativity. It's very important that we understand that predatory mindset, that mindset that, you know, you have to get over, you have to get paid, you have to, you know, get yours by any means necessary. That type of mindset, it promotes individualism, 
Hinduism and materialism. All right. These things are indoctrinated into people's minds and a society that's built on greed. You know, society that's built on greed. People are taught only to practice one type of paradigm, prey or predator. Either you are prey or you are predator. Either you're powerless or you're powerful. You become a victim or an abuser, hated or a hater, taker or a giver. No one expects any goodness or righteousness in a world without good morals or values. Everyone is perceived as an object or thing. Value is only placed on certain people while others are devalued. Now, the, you know, it's very important that we understand that these things, all these things that we just discussed, creates negative spiritual and energetic attachments. If we live in a world where greed is acceptable and it's the norm, okay, it's okay for people to be powerless. It's okay for people to prey on people. Predators are honored and glorified. People, you know, it's acceptable for people to abuse and hate other people. It's okay for people to take from people. So by us living in that type of environment, we are actually creating these negative attachments and negative energies that can be passed on through our DNA. Because these inner negative attachments and energies actually create a negative imprint. And that negative imprint is encoded in our genes. So when we have children, we're passing these things on. Okay, these things are not just a genetic memory. We're talking about genetic energy imprints and spiritual imprints in a society where we're constantly living in a negative mental environment. Because remember, we're talking about a mental environment. You have to create your mental environment. Okay, you have to be the one in charge of creating your mental terrain. And if you're allowing negative thoughts and negative emotions and negative energy and negative scenery, negative environment, negative people to dwell in your mental terrain, you are creating negative spiritual attachments and negative energy. And those negative spiritual attachment energy are being passed on to your DNA. So when you do have children, you're passing all these negative experience because you have a negative mindset, a negative mentality. You're passing all that to your children. Okay. And this is why we continuously have dysfunctional families. We continuously have families who experience domestic violence, drug and alcohol addiction, mental health, and emotional problems. And this is why 50% of people who get married will get divorced because they're inheriting, okay? They're, they're, they're being passed on. They're being given genetic memory of a lot of bad things, a lot of trauma, a lot of negative attachment and spiritual attachment that they have to overcome. And majority of people won't overcome it because they don't even know that these things exist. They don't even know these things exist. And that's the reason why they're allowing them to perpetuate from generation to generation. All right. So we deal with genetic memory. We deal with, we dealt with the mental environment that creates the negative attachments and negative spiritual attachments. Now let's address the culture because this mentality comes from a culture. All right. Now the culture environment created by the wicked ruling class, okay, wherever you are, you know, if you have an uh, environment where people are wicked, you know, somebody created that because wickedness is not going to exist on its own, 
Okay, wickedness is not going to manifest on its own. Okay, you have to have wicked people to create wicked systems. All right? So these wicked people, you know, create a culture that is wicked. And that culture teaches specific values, beliefs, and principles that govern the mental environment. Okay, the mental environment, your mental environment is pretty much governed or dictated by your culture. Now, this culture environment reinforces what we're taught, okay? And we're taught things through religion, okay, to our spiritual practices, economics, political, and social things, okay? Our environment consists of all those things that we learn. Now, nationality and ethnicity becomes the identity of a specific culture, okay? Now, culture includes nationality and ethnicity, okay? Culture connects people to a commonplace experience, perception, mentality, and expression. The culture norms are ingrained in the psychic through repetition, continuous exposure, and indoctrination. Culture practices give okay, people their basic instruments or skills to sustain a lifestyle. For example, people living in a rural area or farms will develop a culture based on what? Agriculture. People living in the inner city or projects or ghetto will develop a culture based on poverty and dysfunction most of the time. People who live in the suburbs will develop a culture based on the you know, accumulation of wealth, materialism, and influence. People living in a war zone continuously will develop a culture of aggression and survival. People who are part of the elite class will develop a culture based on power and control. Some people are forced to adopt a foreign culture which is not conducive to their overall well-being. Normally, due to voluntarily or involuntary migration, People relocate into a new culture environment, eventually assimilate and integrate into the dominant culture. Now, this adjustment or adaptation caused them to lose their own culture identity, traditions, custom, and practices. Okay, because they lose their own culture identity, tradition, and customs and practices, they end up doing what? What do they replace it with? Okay, they end up adopting a foreign culture. Okay, a foreign culture. And this foreign culture, they're systematically stripped of their culture and way of life. Okay, now this process is not a natural or, you know, it's not a natural occurrence. Okay, people don't just naturally lose their cultures. Some people are forced to lose their culture. They're forced to assimilate. They're forced to transform and adapt to their new environment. How are they forced? Because if they do not conform to that society's expectation, norms, and tradition, they get left behind. They get rejected. They're not compensated, you know, and they're not acknowledged. So in order for them, you know, to be part of the society and to get, you know, rewarded in that society or for them to to get, you know, uh, to make a a living out of that society, they're going to have to conform. Okay, so now these people, by adopting 
okay, another foreign culture, they're forced to abandon their own culture. Okay, they're forced to abandon their own culture. So in other words, you have to check your cultural environment to see if what you're practicing as a culture, your customs, your way of life, your belief, your political belief, your spiritual belief, your religious belief. Now, the things that you do, the holidays that you practice, the norms, what's acceptable. You have to see, is that authentically your culture? Is it your way of life? Or is it a foreign way of life? Are you adopting someone else's lifestyle? Are you adopting somebody else's belief system? And if you're doing that, is that conducive to your well-being? Okay? Now, is that something that's going to benefit you? Okay? Or is it something that's desensitizing you? And it's making you an immoral person. It's making you an aggressive person. It's making you a materialistic person. It's making you a greedy person. It's making you a selfish person. You have to assess that for yourself to find out that the culture that you are adapting to, all right, is it the way of life that you want to have? Is it artificial? Is it superficial? Is it narcissistic? Is it sadistic? Is it delusional? Okay? Now, you have to understand that. If you are an oppressed people, you have to check the dominant culture that you're in to see if that culture is good for you. Or is that culture teaching you to work against your best interests? If that culture is promoting an unhealthy lifestyle for you, because that dominant culture may not be something that you need to engage in. It's not something that you need to identify with or connect with, right? Because this culture is going to create the mental environment and the mental environment is going to create these spiritual and and, 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 uh, negative energetic attachments for you that's going to be passed on to your children. So when you're living in this type of culture, you have to be very careful because you are actually imprinting, you know, your DNA. Now, all oppressed people, okay, have to ask themselves that question. Are you living your own authentic culture? Okay, what is good and what should be developed to transform you? If you're not living your authentic culture, okay? Now, anything within your culture that you're practicing right now or you're living in, whether it's your authentic culture or is a culture that you've adopted to, you have to ask yourself these questions. Is this culture promoting anything that's self-destructive? Okay? Is this culture promoting healthy practices? All right. Is this a slave culture? Is it a ghetto ratchet culture? All right. Is it a thug culture? Is it a gang culture? Is it a prison culture? Is it a sport culture, a conscious culture? Is it a freaky, nasty culture? A name branding materialistic culture? Is it a church culture? 
Okay, what type of culture are you assimilating into? What type of culture are you adapting? All right, so it's very important that you find that out in an attempt to get to know yourself as a human being. As a person, you have to assess where you are in your life, where you are mentally, where you are emotionally, where you are physically, where you are genetically, okay? And what is it where you are culturally and what is it that you're passing on? Okay? Now, if what's coming out of that culture is pathological thinking, self-indulgence, overconsumption, obsessive compulsive behavior, violence, aggression, predatory lifestyle, community degradation or deterioration, debilitating addiction, mental emotional disorders, retardation, regression, and imprisonment, if any of these negative things are coming out that culture, you need to reject it. You need to reject the culture. Okay? You need to reject this decadent lifestyle. Get rid of the fads, the fashion, the cults, the beliefs, and, and all the negative stuff. All right? We have to get away from the death culture, from the self-destructive culture. And we have to embrace a culture of good health. A culture of peace and love and harmony. Harmony. Okay, we have to embrace a culture of progression and development. Not just technological de- development and advancement, but a culture of spiritual development. A culture of social development, of elevation, of growth and progress. Okay, so it's very important that we understand that All the experiences that we have as individuals, good or bad, can be transmitted, can be passed on through our DNA. And we call that genetic memory. And genetic memory definitely is influenced by your environment and your culture. Okay, your environment, your mental environment, your physical environment, your culture environment, all those things affect your DNA. DNA. So genetic memory, definitely we all have them. All right. But we don't have to keep them and pass them from generation to generation. We could acknowledge the good and the bad, and we can choose to get rid of the bad genetic memory and, you know, and reboot ourselves and become healthier so we could change the destiny of the next generation. Thank you very much for sharing this time.